Welcome to the Undeletable Dad podcast. I'm your host, Tracy Poisner, and this is the place you want to be if you're a divorced or separated man with one or more children, and you've discovered that nothing works the way it used to, or the way it's supposed to, or the way you wish it would. It's the place to be to learn to strike the exacting tone of fatherhood, to become the magnetic leader that your children will naturally turn towards, and to find out that parenting can be way less work than however you're doing it now. It's the place to hang out if you want to get off the hamster wheel of survival mode, just putting out fires one after the other, and step onto that pedestal of fatherhood where you belong. Well, finally, with apologies to my guest, Peter Maestre, for the delay in getting to this final part of our conversation together, this one is pure gold, definitely worth diving in to find. Here's Peter. Don't stop being you or what is possible as a result of the shit that's in front of you. Can I cuss on this? I don't know. I'm... Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go okay, ahead. got it. Because I have, <laughs> I have a body mount. I just feel like those type of words, you know, accentuate the real emotion yeah. behind, you know, what's being said. So anyway, yeah, so that's something that's really, that's huge. You always have a choice. Even when you're in the shitter, you always have a choice. You can be in the worst situation of your life and you always have a choice. When I was going through my divorce, it sucked. But I kept saying to myself, I choose her decision. You choose, choose to accept her decision. I choose to accept her decision. I choose to accept her decision. I accept what's happening to me. I accept what's happening to me. Because that context is what gave me freedom. It gave me responsibility for my life. When I wasn't able to talk to my stepdaughter anymore because I just knew there was a line drawn in the sand and I knew that the mom or her, there was somebody on their end because I, I knew that I had to accept it. And I go, I accept that I'm not being spoken to. I accept that they're not choosing to communicate with me because I knew that if they called me, I would be a freaking yes, 100%. Like still to this day, I hope that one of them are hearing this. Call me because I'm a yes to you guys. You gave me beautiful memories and I have nothing bad to say, you know? So, but those words, choosing those words, I accept what's happening to me. I accept, I'm being specific. I accept that there's no communication with me. I, you know, like you, you clarify it and you get responsible for your end of the, the bullshit. And then, you know, what happens is freedom shows up. You have freedom. You have freedom to exist. Your brain no longer occupies the same story running you in a circle. That's it. Know, That's it. Detrimental. That's it. You're not, you're not um, spending all your energy and your bandwidth saying, why aren't they calling me? Why aren't they calling me? What did I do? I was a good person. This is so unfair. I wish they would call me, you know? Oh my God, that sentence. This is so unfair. That's you talking to yourself. Yeah. And I spend time with that. And I know a lot of people have, and it's like, you're talking to yourself. Nobody else is listening. <laughs> <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You're talking to yourself. Why is this happening to me? Why me? Like bullshit. Yeah. Be responsible. Why you? Because you fucking made choices and you're here now. So why don't you ask yourself, why not accept what's happening? You're definitely a cause in the matter of it. 
100%. Why? Because you're fucking in it. Yeah. Like you're here, you're in it. If you're asking yourself why you, because you are in it, you're in it. Yep. Why don't you ask yourself, what can you do to be responsible for being in it? You know, those are more powerful questions. Those have better outcomes than why me. Yeah. And the question that I like to ask, I had this conversation with a client just yesterday Mm -hmm. is to say the goal, if anything, is to find like, why me? Why this? Why now? There's a very specific reason. Like this is pushing you to develop in a way that nothing else in your life ever would have touched. That area of you would have stayed stagnant because it was sort of okay. And you could get to the end of your life without ever going there, without ever ripping that bandaid off, without ever seeing what's behind this door. If this part of my life isn't perfect and, you know, nobody would ever choose like divorce or custody battles or whatever, you know, like it's not, it's not a choice that somebody wants to say, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't make this happen in the same way that you didn't you didn't choose your divorce, but it has taken you in a direction in a, in a personal development direction that you would not have had a reason to go. And you just have to say, I don't know the answer, like why, but the fact is this is pushing me in this specific little place. And it's forcing me to, to crack open this nut, you know, to, to, to break myself open in this, particular place. I love the image of, you know, they say like forest fires are necessary part of nature because they, they break open the pine cone seeds. And that's how, like, that's the only way that new, uh, new growth happens from this particular kind of vegetation. Yeah. And that your something is happening to break open this seed in you. And yes, it's a painful process, but you want to look for like what's in there? What's the gold inside of this heap of shit? Um, because it's in there for sure. Yeah. Also, just to be responsible for your audience, if you're listening to us and you can't relate to what we're saying, you're probably a narcissist. Google it. <laughs> look at the symptoms and find help because <laughs> we don't want you to be a narcissist. So if you're not hearing or relating to anything that was being said right now, go get, you know, Ask a friend, ask a friend, hey, do you think I'm a narcissist? (laughs) And then, you know, get counseling. Because the earth can be a lot better if you just realize what's going on. Por favor, that means please in Spanish. Yeah, so. Oh, this is why I love talking to you. Yeah, it's It's like, you know. It's so great. Fuck. I I never got like narcissism until uh, through my divorce. And I now, and the more I read about it, the more I understand that it. it's like, whenever you feel like you can't be responsible or you're like, oh, that's, I'm totally responsible. And shit's still happening the same way. It's like, man, just Google narcissism. <laughs> like, like Google, Google, <laughs> what are the prerequisites? Like, what are the, yeah. the you know? Yeah, nothing is ever treatment. my fault. Yeah. Then find the treatment. Yeah. <laughs> Please find the treatment. Because like, it's like, if you don't, I swear to God just making it harder for everybody around me. Yeah. No. And that's not to say that it's, it, it's not always a DIY job to find how to move through this difficult place. Right. But that's a different kind of asking for help. It's like, I need help to like figure out how to move forward. 
here yeah. in a way that's not going to kill me. Like, yeah. and that is the process that will find the nugget of gold inside the heap of shit. Yeah. And there's always a nugget of gold. Always. There's always like, you just got to dig. It's not, and it's not trite. It's not talking about like, find the silver lining, you know, like it's not something trite. It's, it's really true. It's the purpose of this. Like it's why shit happens to us in life because we are supposed to, you know, we are supposed to grow and you don't always grow while everything is just okay. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You have to do the work, you know, like I'm not religious, but like, you know, when I look at a problem, like let's say that there's a physical piece of gold in a physical pile of shit (laughs) and there's two people, there's the one that's praying that the gold is going to miraculously rise to the surface. (laughs) And then there's the one that sticks their hand in it. Be the one that sticks their hand in it. You can have 40 of the other ones praying for you, but be the one that sticks your hand. You know I mean, grab the fucking gold out of the shit. Don't just sit there and pray for it. I love that. I'm totally Which stealing that. Yeah, steal it. It's like, it's beautiful. Enroll your friends, especially the ones that are religious, to pray for you. But you physically go stick your hand in that shit. <laughs> you know? Or else you're never going to get that fucking gold. It, it's, yeah. it's so true in everything, Gotta do right? the work. Gotta do the work. It doesn't matter what you do. You gotta do the work. You know, and for me, I'm spiritual. So it's like the equivalent of praying is meditating. And I did a lot of meditation, but until I stuck my finger in that pile of shit, I didn't, I never got the gold. Yeah. Just never did. I got, I definitely prepared myself through meditation to be ready to receive the gold. But I never was able to grab, to contextually grab and pull it out. And so I stuck my hand in there in all aspects, you know, with my dad, with my stepdaughter, with my divorce, with all of that stuff. You know, you you know there's a the, the corollary of this or the, the flip side of it is that a lot of people say, um, what if I stick my hand in the pile of shit and I don't find the gold? What if I just get full of, you know, stinky shit on my hands and I and I can't find the gold mm-hmm. like I'm going to feel stupid. What if other people look at me doing that and they say, like, look at that idiot rooting around in a pile of shit. Like people are going to laugh at me. I'm going to, you know, lose my reputation or whatever. Like there's a lot riding on you letting go of what anyone else thinks about your process and on like betting on yourself like in advance of knowing, like you don't get to know before you stick your hand in how long it's going to take or whether you're going to be successful. I mean, we know having done the process that you'll be successful, but you as the person starting out, like you you have to bet on yourself. Yeah. The other thing too, that when you say that, what I hear is and I'm because I'm always speaking to an audience, right? Like I'm speaking yeah. with you right now, but there's people that that might hear it. And to give you an example, right? Like if if you're like that person that says, "But I always try and it never works and it never that," language creates worlds. Language creates worlds, and I use the man on the moon um, as an example. We would have never done it had not one person said, hey, we're going to the moon and then have conversations to support that. 
So if you're that person that says, it never goes my way, life sucks, imagine that that's exactly how it's going to go because that's what you're saying. You are right. So your world is being created with your words. And a lot of the stuff that I do is the opposite. So like if I want something and I don't think I can have it, I say, I, I, did, I want this. And that's different than saying, I need this. Those two words, just as, as for example purposes, are extremely, extremely critical. Because want is you desiring something, going after it, and that has a future. Need is putting the responsibility on someone else. <laughs> I love that. Something else. So distinguishing that for yourself, um, you know, that's super important. Understanding what is happening and what you want from it as opposed to what you need you know that's that's huge and those distinctions are not sold they're not uh taught they're not clarified in at least and i've done a lot of research with the podcast and just with with the subject matter and i'm a fan of psychology and philosophy and i never i've never seen that being sold somewhere it's not on any shelf at any grocery store. It's not on at a bookstore. Like they're hidden in little pieces, but it's, it's like just those two words, substituting those two words. So if you see yourself that you're, you're saying, I need this, I need, I need, I need. You're, you're fucking putting a lot of responsibility on other people for your own fucking life. Yeah. Shift that word. Just that one word, and I, and I use that as an example just so that everybody can digest what's being said. Shift that word to I want. And you're going to see not only how much responsibility um, you're going to actually be responsible for now. It's your life. Nobody's going to give it to you. Nobody's going to, it's like the shit uh, that we just referred to, you know, like sticking your hand in the pile of shit. Need is the people that are outside praying, I need that. I need that golden nugget to come out of that pile of shit. And then, you know, there's the want. And the want is like, I'm going to stick my hand in this pile of shit. And I'm going to, I want that gold. So I'm, I'm going to go keep it. looking then until I find I it. Looking. And that's the beauty of it. So I could sum up my reply to you is if even if you don't get the gold physically in your hand from the pile of shit, just sticking your hand in that pile of shit, you did more that you can ever imagine and sticking your hand in it and then taking it out and smelling it and then cleaning it and all that process, you're going to grow from that. And how, how I can't tell you, I just know that you will. I know that you will because you, every action has a reaction. So if you sit there standing, thinking, praying, you know, you're just going to get more of your thoughts and a mind is God. It's, it's, it's beautiful and it's also very polluting at the same time. Because if you're stuck inside your mind and you're repeating the same question, it's toxic. But the moment you start getting out of your mind and you start creating actions, it's not toxic. It's freeing. You're getting your body moving. You're getting your mind exercising. Responsibility and accountability is happening because now you're doing something. and You have to be responsible and accountable regardless of whether you want to or not. Again, I repeat, if uh, you're not understanding the subject matter and or being in tune with what we're saying, Google narcissism, find out if you have the symptoms and then seek treatment, please. But I think it's really important to distinguish 
just those two words. I think that as a, the human race, if we just distinguished the difference between those two words and started incorporating that into our language, we would be so much further along as a society that contributes, listens to each other before speaking and really, you know, just makes a difference to each other because we wouldn't be making people responsible for what we're responsible for, which is whatever it is that we want, you know, and that's a want, that's not a need. So I don't know why I went there, but I did. Oh, this is great. You're a wise guy. I mean, a real wise guy, not a wise guy, but you're a wise person. (laughs) It's, it's great to, it's great to talk to you. And I want to thank you for doing this. And before, before we wrap up, please just, Tell everybody uh, where to find you. Just mention your podcast again. So um, as Tracy said, I have a podcast. It's called uh, Divorce the First Six Months. Um, and I believe the, the website, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank, uh, www.divorcethefirstsixmonths.com. And in, that, in there, you can find everything else. So you can find the social media stuff and you can find... Um, you know, the Instagram and the Facebook and all that stuff. And I'm not that savvy with all that stuff, but you will find the podcast and the podcast has about 200 episodes and I made it a la carte. They're about 10 minutes long. So whatever it is that you're going through, you can find it in the slug line and then listen to that episode. And if it appeals to you, then listen to another one that, but it's constructed, created and uh, generated so that if you're going through the first six months, that you know what to expect, that you can hear stories from people that share their first six months so that you know what happened, what they did, and also what they would do differently now knowing what they know. So it's, it's um, you know, it's something that I created to, for the healing process and what my healing process and what I learned in the interim was that the first six months are the most detrimental towards developing the you that you want to be not the you that you think you have to be. So however you interpret those words, um, you know how it was generated and it's there for you. It's free. So take a look at it. And they're wonderful, wonderful interviews. You really, you really draw out of people. um, I think things that are really profound and helpful for others to hear really. So it's a, it's a fantastic podcast. Everybody should go and check it out. Peter, thank you for being here. I really appreciate this. Well, I thank you for any invitation that you extend. And, and I love this possibility, like to share what we shared, the stories, to share our humanity, who we are, how we, you know, dealt with things and what we think is missing in the world. So this opportunity that you provided me, this platform, I just, I appreciate you as well. So thank you. Thank you. Peter's website is actually divorcethefirstsix.com. I'll put that in the show notes, of course, but definitely check that out. It is a binge-worthy show. I want to quickly recap some of Peter's gems here. He said, I accept her decision. I accept what's happening. That is so powerful. You don't have to like it, but accepting it is a different energy And as Peter said, you have freedom when you stop resisting reality. You just start making choices again, one after the other. You always have a choice. I love that. 
And of course, be the one who sticks your hand in the pile of shit. (laughs) I hope there's some comfort in that phrase because like if you're listening to this podcast, you are probably already covered in shit from head to toe. So know that you are doing the right thing. This is how it's done. It's a dirty job doing this work on yourself, but this is where you get to the treasure. This is how you look not giving up, not letting go, refusing to let anyone or anything dictate how you will discharge your fatherly duty to your children. Nobody can tell you to be a less responsible father. Nobody can demand that you minimize how seriously you take your responsibility as a father. That's bullshit. You're being challenged to say no to the idea that you don't matter to your kids because you know it's not true. It's not true for any child anywhere. And there's a long, hot shower waiting for you when you're finally holding that gold nugget in your fist. Tomorrow is April 14th, which is the kickoff day of my Lion Tamer program. It's a six-week group experience focusing on the hardest problem in parental alienation, which is getting through to teenagers who are being programmed to reject you. If you're in this boat, trying to parent a teenager who's coping with mind games and loyalty binds, you'll get a whole new perspective on how to parent through this kind of labyrinth. We're going to be meeting in weekly Zoom calls, and I will be in our private group responding to your questions and comments as you learn how to do the very things that Peter was talking about in this episode, like how to stop lying to yourself, how to stop making your feelings matter, how to bust through your deepest fears and take back your personal power. And that is exactly what your teenager is waiting for you to do. That's the energy that makes you irresistible to them. That's where they tune themselves to your frequency and turn to you for advice and for approval the way they're supposed to. There's still time to get in. I'll accept enrollments right through next week. Just shoot me a message at tracy at undeletabledad.com for more information. If you're hearing this episode too late, send me a message anyway and get on the wait list for the next round. Thanks for listening. Your kids thank you too.